Welcome, y'all, to the Direct Examination Podcast. My name is Amber Fulmer. I'm Dane Phillips. And I'm Joseph Bias. So, obviously, we want you to take time out. As Joseph said, pause. We'll be waiting for you. We need five stars on your iPhone, iTunes, Android. And witty reviews. We would appreciate those. Yes. I don't even know what. what? Reviews, like when they write, hey, you're really cool. Tell us how awesome we are. Again, in the prior podcast, I said we need that validation. Shallow attorneys, please tell us we're awesome. Five stars and keep it up. As far as suggestions on topics, guests, and just things that you want us to talk about, whether it's, I guess, not even law-related. If you even, again, hate mail. We like hate mail. Yeah, that's right. Email us at directexamination.com. Podcast. We get it all the time. And the, if y'all send it to us, then we don't have to send it to each other. So that'd be great. Yeah, just yeah. D- direct. If you if you hate me more than you hate Joseph, yeah, go that's ahead fine. And, just, and I can then forward it to him as a, a, a as a talk. Yeah. And then I will try to get you all to hate me more. So it'll work out well. I'm, not, I'm looking at you, Batesburg Leesville. <laughs> right. Lancaster. I know, I know. We are good people, Justin. <laughs> Y'all are good people. <laughs> so, of course, follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all of them. Follow us, like us. Now, in my best Amber voice, <clears throat> drum roll, please. Oh, wait, we can't do it. Oh, oh the damn sorry. <laughs> Disclaimer your use of this podcast does not, does not create. <laughs> does not create an attorney-client relationship between us, the hosts, or our respective firms, or their attorneys. Our attorney-client relationship is only formed by... An attorney-client relationship is only formed by the execution of a written fee agreement between you and the attorney. Go ahead, Dave, finish. This podcast is for informational purposes only. The informational material should not be taken as legal advice on any particular matter, facts, or circumstances. You should contact an attorney for advice on specific legal problems. And obviously, this is an audio podcast, but <laughs> Amber's face has turned the same color as her hair, and that's oh. amazing. Try, uh, con- I would just like to share doing that country- I co-switch like a champ. <laughs> so when I can get in front of the judge, or even when I did pageants, it is, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am <laughs> you your go. contestant number 14, Look. Amber Lynn Care. I mean, I can do it. It can be done. Time out. Why have we not had an entire episode on you doing pageants? Yes. Because um, I got to wear sparkly dresses. <laughs> no, we, we didn't know that. Yeah, we... Yes. What? <laughs> okay, I'm we Ms. will... No, that's being saved Ms. for the Baker end of this podcast. Legal, I was Miss Panther. What? Yes. What? Yeah. Royal, okay. Royalty. We are, we are in the presence of uh, the queen and Beyonce herself. Um, criminal law. Uh, that's what this episode is about. <laughs> Um, if you've listened to our uh, previous podcast, you know that Amber is the expert on criminal or on family and law and divorce. <laughs> like, Don't you put that juju on me. <laughs> yeah. I do uh, civil law somewhat okay. And Dane, however, is the multi-tiered, multi-court uh, experienced expert on criminal law. Not expert. Bars, I don't the know. bar. Like, you called me an expert. Don't. We got a disclaimer right. again, Joe. Yeah, well, here's <laughs> a disclaimer. disclaimer. <laughs> Take it for our separate podcast disclaimers. All right, we're not experts. Dane just does this a lot, and so because Dane does this a lot, <laughs> well, Dane does it. I mean, I didn't want to push it too far, but sure, you do it well, Dane. Let's decide. Let's say I don't know. Bob gets arrested. What should Bob know as far as his arrest first? Well, all right. So first off. Let's start from even the very beginning. Okay. He gets a phone call from an investigator or a knock at the door. 
and friendly old Mr. Investigator says, hey, I'd like to talk to you. And there's generally two ways that they do it. It's either the good cop or the bad cop. Right. A lot of times for that first knock at the door, it's good cop. And mm-hmm. it's, hey, we'd just like to talk to you about this uh, little thing we got going on. And very, uh, generally in a very country accent, uh, <laughs> based on the... I won't go there. And so... Uh, they like to be relatable. Right. Sure. Uh, no, <laughs> They're code switching the other way. That's right. <laughs> right. And so they want to get that information from you. I can tell you very quickly, again, general information, that really the only words out of your mouth is, pretty simply, I want an attorney. I'm not answering any questions. And you can shut the door. Uh, so, so <laughs> somebody, so somebody, Please crack the door too. Don't like wide open into your living. That's room. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reveals a whole separate set of issues. So, if someone's kind of being talked to by investigators, you're ad- not advice, but well, well, they should, in my opinion, and as far as just for general information, you should never talk to a law enforcement officer really about any matter, in my opinion, that would deal with a criminal investigation. Without seeking the advice of an attorney first. Uh, it's too dangerous. Uh, what you say can be manipulated against you, and people could take that in different ways. But I'll just say it that you should not provide any statement without speaking with a lawyer. It's in your best interest. It's the reason why the founders of this country thought this might be a good thing to do is keep somebody from saying something that could ultimately land them in jail. Yep. There's an amendment for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. All right. So. One, two, our, three, our, four. Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that we all There's did that. So time. many. Gosh, we're this is the best podcast ever. All right. So now we're at the point where we're trying to pick a lawyer. Now, right. obviously everybody should be calling you because you're the best even though not an expert because no one's an expert in the estate. However, they where do people usually get their attorneys from? I mean, I, I know that it's usually they ask a friend or maybe somebody they use for something else. How do you typically uh, get folks it's- it's literally all over. Now, the old way, I think, is still the best. Word of mouth from somebody that you like, know, and trust vouches for a lawyer's credibility and their past experience and success. Uh, you know, At the end of the day, most lawyers are found via the Internet, a, a quick Google search. To me, that's very problematic. They're, in my opinion, again, it's just my opinion, a lot of lawyers can look the part, talk the part, but ultimately uh, might not be the best lawyer for you. Uh, right. For many different reasons. And so having somebody that you know, and that's the unfortunate part about criminal law, is most people who have never been arrested before uh, in their life, they don't know a whole lot of people to say, hey, uh, who, what criminal lawyer do you recommend? I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, one of the co-hosts is drawing pictures and writing <laughs> writing names. Very professional, right. one of us. Writing names. And so... Uh, but, yeah, at the end of the day, if you, can, if you can find somebody that you know that can at least give you that direct referral, you're going to be in a much better position. What you need to watch out for, and what I've seen, is a lot of people sometimes will get a direct referral from another lawyer who doesn't do criminal defense, and that person that they get, the lawyer that gives them the direct referral, all they did was Google and just send them to another right, person. Right. Or they just happen to know that this person does some criminal defense and they send them on your way. This is where it's in your best interest to, to then do your research. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things I tell people is you need to be upfront and honest with the, that attorney when you meet with them for criminal defense. There is generally, I don't know of anybody that has 
uh, fees for consultations. We all meet for free. It's kind of a, you know, it's a who gets there first and can talk to the people and hopefully educate them about uh, best case, worst case, what to expect and procedure. But ultimately, what they're looking at is being upfront and honest with the attorney about the facts. You Even know, the bad stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, people want to leave that out and you have to peel it out, you know, kind of peel it layers by layer like an onion. But I've one of the things I tell people is, you know the information that I got to know. And I got to walk through this minefield of possibly bad things. And unfortunately, if I step on a mine, it doesn't yeah. hurt me. And I don't want to do it in front of the judge, by right. the way, guys. Right. <laughs> right. I Same don't with your be, domestic attorney. Tell me now. I don't need to be ambushed in court because ultimately it will just hurt you. And ultimately, our goal is to keep you out of jail. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, you and there's to, attorney-client privilege, which you can right. explain for real quick to uh, folks who are uh, listening. Right. So one of the... The other things that's very important about criminal defense is attorney-client privilege. If you tell your lawyer 100% honest, if you are happen to have done something wrong uh, and you are 100% honest with the lawyer about the who, what, where, how, and why, he cannot tell anybody unless, I mean, there's certainly a couple of exceptions. If you said, I'm going to go kill so-and-so, then unfortunately for you, your lawyer is going to have to protect this person and violate or not violate, they, they get to waive that privilege to protect this person from being injured. The only other exception that comes into play is kind of in the news, crime fraud exception, that yep. if uh, your you and your lawyer are up to no good or doing some type of uh, crime, criminal activity, and they can tie it that the lawyer knows and that's part of it, then attorney-client privilege can be waived there. So that's really about the only two exceptions we deal with. So even if I Venmo you a dollar and tell you, I want to punch my boyfriend in the face, and I'm going to go do it. That that doesn't so, count. You, well, I want to. And I'm that, going so to. So once or two, we can talk, things. we can talk you off the ledge about that. <laughs> now, if you said I'm going to go punch him in the face right now, we got to talk. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to talk you off that. Right. Uh, right. So hopefully, I don't have to report you. But uh, generally, <laughs> why did I just get a one dollar Venmo for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Show me that ding. My phone, <laughs> my phone is in the car. Right. So all right. I think one of the things I wanted to cover is because I know you used to work for indigent defense and I used to be a public defender and, you know, we shout out to public defenders. And that's kind of where I was getting at because public defenders get a bad rap. And <clears throat> in your experience as a private attorney, do you feel that that's warranted? I mean, obviously you're biased. You want people to hire you, but no, of course. So I, I'll tell people and I stick up for public defenders during my consultations, there are plenty of private attorneys who denigrate and say all kinds of bad things about public defenders. Just like private attorneys, they're good public defenders, they're great public defenders, and they're bad public defenders. And in private attorney realms, you're going to have good attorneys, great attorneys, and very bad attorneys. And so it's all the same. Problem is, you don't get to choose who your public defender is. You can choose, if you're able to afford it, your attorney, your private attorney. So that's really the difference. Absolutely, public defenders get a bad rap. They are beyond overworked. Their caseload is out of control. They're underpaid. Generally, the entire system's fighting against them. Most of the time, their clients, probably their biggest enemy in some cases. Then you got the prosecutor who's obviously trying to do, uh, you know, put their client in jail. Do their job. And then, uh, shout out to our judges. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be nice, but sometimes it feels like as a public defender that the judges aren't being as helpful as you need them to be. 
uh, on some cases. Not, not calling you out, just saying that's yeah. how it feels as a public defender sometimes. And so you feel like you're getting it from every angle, which is why you have such a high burnout rate as a public defender. Uh, and so I, I feel for them. Yeah, know. I used to be a public defender, and I, I think I may have even told the story on the podcast, but my first day on the job, literally um, the late Doug Strickler, who was a great guy, wonderful uh, mentor. Legend. Yeah, mm-hmm. legend. He uh, welcomed me to the office. He said, you know, glad to have you. He showed me to my office, um, and the exact words were, all right, so here's your case list. You have uh, 250 cases. 40 of them are in jail. You're probably going to get them out. And that was my orientation. Welcome. And, yeah, yeah welcome. welcome. I started on a Thursday. I was in court for the first time on that Monday, just because that's the nature of the thing. Now, all that being said, I've never worked at a firm, with due respect to places I've worked af- after that, I've never worked with more dedicated, more hardworking, more passionate, passionate individuals who... When you're working as a public defender, you're doing that not for the money. You right. do it because you believe in what... Uh, like school teachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You believe in the cause. Um, so, uh, you know, let's get rid of the public defender slander. They're good people. Yes, yeah. very good people. So, all right. So Everybody when, deserves due process. And everyone right. deserves an attorney. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves an attorney. But like and the Dan camaraderie said, of the office. Being a public defender is a lot of fun, too. It's, it's equally frustrating, but it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun, especially if you like to try cases and you like to be in court. General Assembly, pay them more. Yeah, that's right. If you're listening to this and you can write a check to the public defenders or increase their check, do that. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So you're talking. We're talking to the investigator. Something happens. You don't, you told him to. I ain't talking to you. Right. You I want a lawyer. And so the United States Supreme Court says if you said, "Should I have a lawyer?" like a question mark, that's not enough to invoke your right to counsel. Yep. Okay. So you need to be unequivocal, unambiguous. I want a lawyer. I want a lawyer. I'm not talking to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, they decide that they uh, are going to arrest this person. <laughs> they say, oh, probable cause. Pro- yeah, probable probable cause. cause, we're going to arrest. All right. Now, everyone's heard of Miranda rights. Go very briefly over those uh, Miranda for us. So you get arrested. That's when the Miranda kicks in, right? So, right. So, well, no. I mean, Miranda can come in before that. Okay. It, it comes in when you're in custody. So uh, one of the things is going to be this. Uh, if it's a traffic stop, if they're at your door, however you want to say it, bottom line is the officer wants to question you, and you've now told him that you want a lawyer and you're not answering any questions. The next question you need to ask the officer is, am I free to leave? Yeah. Right. A- am I being detained? And he's got to either say yes or no. If, if you're not being detained, you're free to leave. You can leave. You can go about your business. If he says yes, you're being detained. You are now officially in custody. Uh, you know it's subject or certainly objective that you are not free to leave. Free to leave, right? and so that's part of the determination. Now, once you're in custody, if they want to question you, that is what triggers these Miranda warnings. Because okay. now you're in custody. The officer needs to read you the. If you've watched the many of shows, read you your rights. Right to remain silent. Right, right to an attorney. Uh, if you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you. And then they go. It's four part test, uh, and so they got to read you that four, those four lines. And once they re- read you those lines, it's at that point where, again, you hold firm that you're wanting an attorney and you're not answering any questions. And at that point, you can reinitiate questioning. If you ask the officer a question, you have now waived that whole "I'm not yeah. talking." Right. Uh, and then you're back. You're back on. And so the officers sometimes will try to goad you into. 
answering questions. They are supposed to, once you say you want a lawyer, case law says that they are supposed to cease questioning. That rarely happens. And so you need to just hold firm because if you do reinitiate uh, the conversation, then a judge could find that you waived uh, your invocation of your right to silence, and that's not good. And now a lot of people believe if you were to make a statement and they didn't read your Miranda rights or there was a problem with it, your case is over. Okay. That is completely not true. I'd like to make sure because I, I have to explain that all day long. Uh, all that means is we could probably, if a judge agrees with us, keep the statement from coming in as evidence at your trial. doesn't mean that your case will be dismissed. It just means whatever statement you made in violation of the Fifth Amendment, you know, if, if the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments of the United States Constitution, right. would not be used at your trial against you. Okay. Okay. So let me write myself a note <laughs> just yep. in case. I have a question. Go. It's kind of, it doesn't go with the um, kind of Mirandizing. No, go Talk to me about Terry versus Ohio. Stop and frisk. Okay, so... Because <laughs> right. we see this... If y'all watch the cop shows all the time, it's, why are you stopping me? I'm just walking down the street. <laughs> what, now, what are you doing? <laughs> now, I, I can say that I've actually had this very issue uh, that was a case uh, by uh, West Columbia or Casey Police. It was in West Columbia, Casey area. We went to trial, and uh, luckily the judge uh, suppressed the... Press the evidence. Case closed. Now, what you're saying... The case now, dismissed. Now, we are going to keep oh, in yeah, mind yeah. that most Sorry. police officers <laughs> are great, wonderful people just, just like who it, are just trying to do their jobs. I'll go back to what I said before. Like every profession, there's good cops, great cops, and bad cops. Right. Mm-hmm. It's We're all equal in professions, and there's all of those... Well, I'm types. just saying, if you're in Lexington County or West Columbia, Casey, I think all cops are great. Okay, <laughs> come ride by my house, come say hello. Um, just make sure everything in my place stays uh, on and yeah, not no, of, of course, you know, look, as a citizen, you want good police officers, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, because yeah, lawyers and police officers, I say, have something very similar. When when it hits the fan or things go wrong, they're the first people you call for help. Absolutely, right. Uh, so you know, shout out to them too. All right, so. Because we're we're gonna run low on time, and I yeah. know that you can uh, uh, talk about uh, all kinds of things. all sorts of minutia. So, Mr. My four favorite stories. Uh, <laughs> my four favorite cases. Well, quick answer to your case: If they feel you're armed and dangerous, they'll pat you down. Okay. Okay. When they get all you right. out of the car, they're gonna pat all you right. down. All right. What's a bond? All right. So, uh, long story short, once you're arrested, you have by law to be given a bond hearing within 24 hours of your arrest. So. Don't think you're just going to be sitting in there like, oh, my God, it's all within 24 hours of your arrest. You're going to go before a bond judge and he is going to give your, give you either what's called a personal recognizance, a PR bond <clears throat> or a surety bond. A PR bond means you're going to be able to just get out of jail without paying any money that you are telling the court. I'll pay pay it if I don't show up, which, you know, I don't know how that works in the end. But right. at the end of the day, a, a surety bond is where uh, you go to a bondsman. And they generally help you. If you have the the cash, then you can. But unlikely that people have twenty thousand dollars cash sitting around that they can pay in full just to hold for the court to hold. So you go to a bondsman. You're typically looking at anywhere at the lowest, uh, and it's very competitive. The old rule of thumb used to be ten percent, yeah. but now mm-hmm. I've seen as low as like three percent. People oh, are wow. doing down payments and all kinds. It's really all over the gamut. It can be, it can be uh, again. 
So, y'all can't see this, but Amber is basically doing her best to try to distract Jane. She's drawing pictures. She's throwing memes at me. That's right. Uh, All right. So, we'll edit all of this out as Amber turns red again. It just made me think of that and it made me laugh. So, but bottom line is, if... if, uh, if the judge gave you a ten thousand dollars surety bond, you'd have to go to a bondsman, and if the bondsman said you owed the ten percent, well, then you got to pay him ten percent. Right. You're not going to get that money back. That's how the bondsman makes his money. He's got an insurance company that's given him the ability to cover twenty or ten thousand dollar bond, and if you don't show up to court, then they got to pay the court ten thousand dollars, which is why they have bounty hunters to come get you to bring you to court. All right, so Ooh, Amber gets arrested um, for <coughs> doing some shady stuff uh, as she is wont to do. Like sending, yep. throwing that meme on the table. Yeah, throwing memes at uh, Dade. Um, all right, so Amber gets arrested. She comes to you, and she says, I want to take my case to trial. Uh, Rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. Obviously, you know we that? all love trials, um, but trials aren't necessarily that prevalent in uh, criminal cases, right? No, so I can actually give you the percentages. In state court, a state court case, you're looking at 94 to 95% of cases are resolved by guilty pleas. And in federal court, you're looking at about 97 to 98% of cases resolved by guilty pleas. That's even in a United States uh, Supreme Court opinion. We have a system, quote-unquote, by the United States Supreme Court of guilty pleas, which is why we've had some new case law come out in the last uh, couple years really trying to uh, go into having effective assistance of counsel, having a lawyer do their job right during that part. Well, and I think that makes sense because if the case is really good for the defense, then the prosecution are either going to drop it or they're going to do some type of plea to get a plea on their books and be done with it. The case is really good for the prosecution. The defense is going to want to plead out. And so that would be a plea. So really those trials are, my understanding, are kind of when you can't meet in the middle someplace, right? Right. Either you have a, a case where your person's 100% innocent and they, they truly want to go to trial and course the other one is when they just can't meet in the middle uh, one of the things that forces a lot of guilty pleas is overcharging you know yeah uh, we can go into all that later but uh you know when people have all these extra charges when it's really just about one is the main reason and it's yeah. one way where the, uh, the prosecutor can say i'll dismiss those four charges if he'll plead to the one all right next question can you pick your prosecutor no <laughs> I, I wish i wish uh quick quick answer no okay um if what's a uh, rule five in uh, discovery? Uh, so rule five of the rules of criminal procedure, uh, <clears throat> what is referred to on the street? If you're a, a brand new baby public defender, you just passed the bar. You're mm-hmm. going to find this out when you go to the jail. You're going to hear somebody say my motion. Right. Now, uh, from the lexicon of uh, people that have been in, in trouble on the street, it, a motion is your Brady uh, and your rule five. It's essentially the discovery, the evidence that the prosecutors have obtained from law enforcement in your case, the evidence they would use against you to prove you guilty. Very cool. Um, anything else, uh, Troublemaker? Uh... <laughs> oh, wait. You do have the one question from Brett. And <laughs> Yes. Oh, God. All right. So we got questions. Well, I was getting to that. So there's Dane a... got all the questions. Dane got all the questions. No, I have extra ones. Uh, <laughs> Dane got a, a question from uh, Brett, who... By the way, I'm in the uh, fantasy football championship myself in Brett's league, taking his money. Is he or, in the championship? 
Uh, no, bread is not. Um, and by money, I, of course, mean jelly beans. We put a bunch of jelly beans in the middle of a pot, and at the end, I pick out the blueberry Shh, ones money. and the uh, um, the cherry ones. Um, okay, Dane, question for both you and uh, Amber. What is your favorite rule of evidence and why? <laughs> What's your favorite rule of evidence? And why? I'll start. Um, I got one, I guess. I, I, think, I think mine would be the uh, 403. You stole mine. Is, yeah, 403. Yeah. My favorite thing to say is statement by a party opponent, Your Honor. That's right. <laughs> he yeah, done admitted sure. to it. <laughs> that's right. That's a hearsay exception, you guys. Yeah. Um, and then 403 is prejudicial rather than uh, probative, right? You want me to... Re- it's... Go ahead, Dane. Dane knows it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's when the probative value of the evidence would be substantially outweighed by its prejudicial yeah, effect. My name is Dane. I can quote <laughs> the room, man. Um, all right, next question. Substantially outweighed, Joseph. Whatever. All right, next question. <laughs> Uh, what are Dade's five most memorable motions hearings? Well, no. all right, no, we're totally just saying. All right, so we're definitely not doing that. All right, so thank you all for listening uh, to our criminal episode uh, podcast. Again, if you are in trouble, go see a lawyer. Go see Dane. Uh, Dane's available to talk to. Go see any criminal lawyer. Main thing is, don't try to handle this yourself. Because the lawyer... This is not a DIY project. Yeah, no. You want to get somebody who knows how to deal with the police, knows how to deal with the prosecutors, and that ain't you, player. And you don't want the real estate guy who says he can handle your criminal defense case. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm sure yeah. that the, you know. You don't uh, want the dabbler. Right. Right. Well, you know, in between, a, you know, a little car wreck case settlements, he's going to come over and handle your case that will follow you the rest of your life and, and possibly lead you to go to prison. Very quickly, we... Before we end, uh, fee agreement on a uh, <clears throat> on a sure. uh, criminal case. Talk very quickly about that. Just about everybody is flat fee billing in criminal cases. As far as I know, not <clears throat> I don't know anybody that does hourly rates. I don't really know anybody who does. And it's uh, unethical to do contingency fee. Everybody's flat fee. Uh, you either are going to pay everything all up front or you're going to pay a retainer and then a payment plan for the rest. The new right. thing is all payment plans. <clears throat> The old school people are so angry at this new young crop of attorneys who will take payment plans because, uh, well. It messes up for right. the old guys. Competition. Yeah. You, you whippersnapper millennials. All right. So for, make sure that you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can follow us at SC Lawpod on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me at Joseph B. Bias. You can follow Dane at SC Criminal Lawyer. And you can follow Amber at Red Judicata, where I'm sure she will put up some of these memes that she's been uh, showing us during Absolutely. the Absolutely. I, I think you should share the meme that you just <laughs> right. And the great part is that when this episode comes out, we'll have no idea what we're talking about. I, I'll, I'll forget which one it is. I'll, I'll but I showed Dane while he was trying to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'll represent you in ODC since you're the personal mm-hmm. confidential. That's right. All right. So for... Uh, Amber, for Dane, and for uh, our producer, Brindy, um, thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week for our season finale, last episode.